Good morning, church. In troubling times, our text today is from Matthew 15, a text that has often been given the label as one of the troubling texts of the gospel. The story takes place in the region of Tyre and Sidon, modern-day Lebanon, of which we know there are many hurdles recently, and many hurdles is putting it mildly. In Old Testament literature, it's a military stronghold that Israel regards as a bitter enemy with fear and trembling. A nation Ezekiel condemns as an amoral land of idol worshipers, an unclean land to Jewish people where a widow of Zarephath finds mercy from God through the prophet Elijah. To better understand the trouble we see, we begin by looking at the preceding verses, Matthew 15, 10 to 20. And the Pharisees have observed the disciples eating food without washing their hands. This puts them into the unclean category, and in our context of frequent hand washing, this seems like a reasonable critique. Yet, Word has gotten back to Jesus that some Pharisees justify giving to the temple in extravagant ways at the expense of taking care of their elderly parents. And I'll read from verse 5. But you say that whoever tells father or mother, whatever support you might have from me is given to God. Is this a temple money issue? Do the Pharisees get temple points for encouraging people to give at high levels? There is seemingly pressure on people to give regardless of their family situation to pad the temple treasury. To the disciples, in a teaching opportunity, Jesus responds, It is not what goes into one's mouth that makes one unclean, but it's what comes out of our mouths that declares us as unclean. A point that Dirk made two weeks ago, which makes Jesus' response in today's text to a desperate, foreign, and therefore unclean Canaanite woman, it makes his response very troubling. Let's notice what comes out of the mouth of this foreign woman, supposedly unclean, and let's notice what comes out of Jesus' mouth. First of all, this Canaanite woman came to Jesus and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. Jesus' silence is deafening, isn't it? He says nothing. The woman repeats her loud plea. Have mercy on me, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. His disciples say, well, just send her away. Give her something to get rid of her. Sounds to me like they might be urging Jesus to do the same, to do that very thing. Jesus responds to her, on this second illustration, reveals a sense of traditional purpose and focus. His words, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
The woman doesn't stop. Thirdly, this woman who does not observe Jewish tradition now comes to kneel right in front of Jesus. Lord, help me. Jesus' reply is dismissive. It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Children referring to people of Israel, Jewish people, and dogs referring to a racist term for Gentiles. Now this woman begins to debate Jesus on his terms. She says, yes, Lord. I mean, do you hear that, folks? She says, yes, to his earlier comments about the dogs and the children. But she says, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She seizes the moment to create some good trouble. Dogs were not pets in Jewish households, but evidently they were in her experience. And so she speaks from her own tradition to lay out the case for Jesus to take her seriously. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the table. Now Jesus' response takes a different tone. We remember it is Jesus who said, it is not what goes into one's mouth that makes one unclean, but what comes out that makes us unclean. So did he remember his own words? And then he says to her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. Wow. Does anybody else find this exchange troubling? Usually when Jesus experiences antagonism in Matthew's gospel, it comes from someone asking him a hostile question or catching him not living up to the Sabbath laws in some way or another. And then Jesus provides a counterpoint. But here, it is Jesus who is hostile, and the farm woman provides the counterpoint. And Matthew wants us to take notice. Her persistent faith in Jesus to heal her daughter is what moves him. With her never-give-up faith, he jumps over three hurdles to find healing for her daughter. Hurdles can be harmful and fearful. Our daughter Colette was in ninth grade on the high school track team, and she was assigned to the hurdles. So she went along with it for a little bit, but honestly, after a while, she became, she became fearful, and she would be afraid of hitting the hurdles, which she did once in a while. She fell once and scraped her knee, and she switched to long-distance running. Three hurdles at least are in front of this woman. The first we have mentioned is Jesus' silence, his deafening silence. We know silence is never neutral. It's akin to acceptance of the status quo. And silence to a plea of mercy can feel degrading. Another hurdle is dismissiveness of indifference that can be birthed in tradition. The disciples simply want Jesus to send her away. Jesus says to her, I don't take patience from Tyre and Sidon. Not sure which is more condescending, silence or dismissiveness. And the third hurdle that I notice is sexism and racism. We tend to think 
that we know what faith is in a life of privilege, yet here a down-and-out woman shows us a more robust definition of faith. Throughout the hurdles in front of her, she never, never, ever stops calling Jesus Lord. She owns the phrase, We need not let what others say define who I am. So in today's context, we ask, Who are the unclean? Is it not often women, single women? And we ask, Do we have any traditions that take priority over mercy and justice? Now the Lord only knows that we have many personal hurdles, and there are many hurdles in society. But Matthew, through the words of this woman, asks us something different. How do we respond to pleas for God's mercy? How do we act as advocates for those who face the daunting hurdles of silence, dismissiveness, tradition, racism, poverty, and privilege? In Matthew's Gospel, this story of Jesus' indifference turns out to be a foil in order to emphasize the faith of the woman and is placed as a turning point in Jesus' ministry that expands to the unclean population called Gentiles. It's a story and picture of what is to be in God's kingdom. This week's East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church Weekly E-News gives some examples of our members helping foreigners clear hurdles. The Mupenzi family and Malole are adjusting to life in America, in America, and one of the major hurdles is the English language, a very difficult one to, to comprehend and to, to, to gain competency. But once learned, it clears the barriers for education, employment, transportation, relationships, and so on, and builds faith in the lives of foreigners, foreigners who settle in Lancaster. May we be so inspired to see the hurdles in front of our so-called unclean neighbors, both immigrant and local, and respond with mercy. May we have strength to respond with our words and actions that give attention to the familiar prayer from the Psalms. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen.